It's March 14, 2010, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. It's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. We're here at the Lounge at HPD Architecture in Dallas. And for a change, we're actually in the same room. Yay! I get to see Laura. <laughs> How did we pull that off, Larry? I, I have absolutely no idea. It seems lately that, you know, every time we turn around, it's, well, where's Laura? You know, where'd Laura go to? We, we've missed Laura. <laughs> well, there's, there's this blur going by, and it's turquoise, and we think that's Laura, but, you know. It really feels like I'm working on my car lately, that I'm out of the office more than I'm in. There have been a couple of days, it's like, well... Do, do we know where Laura is? The phone rings. <laughs> Hi, I'm going to this meeting, and, and I'll be going to that meeting, and I'm going to try to get to the office. And yeah. it's, it's all great, though. It's all been, been <laughs> wonderful because you've been doing your networking. You've been all the marketing things we yeah, talked about last time. Yeah, it must be working. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, it feels like it's starting to work. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I think so. You guys have been busy in the office, too. Yeah, we have. I mean, we're trying to get the, the project in Waco finished up, and... It just seems to be going on and on and on. Well, oh. and we, you and Holly have a big project team for this, so there's a lot of coordination, right? Um, which can be a challenge in itself. Right. And the client is not here locally, so there's not a lot of that, you know, kind of stop in here and there, ask questions kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of long distance. A lo- lot of long distance stuff going on, and, and we ran into the spring break snag. Yes. Where suddenly it was, we had a meeting planned, and oddly enough, everyone was leaving town. Yeah, the joy <laughs> of working with a university client. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there are days when we don't see you, but I haven't realized we haven't seen you because I've been so <laughs> focused on everything else. Yes, you guys are busy. Well, and, and it feels like there are more RFQs coming out, right? It does. It does. And you know, we were talking the other day, and it sounds like people are starting to talk about doing projects again, and which is really rare for last year because nobody was talking about it. Right. I don't know if people are just tired of waiting around and sort of being scared or if they the, feel like it's getting better. Yeah, maybe all the talk of, you know, the market starting to turn around is is they're taking yeah. it to heart and thinking, "Oh, okay, well maybe it's safe to come out of my cave now." And yeah, everything's <laughs> leveling out and so It's they're... time to remodel and expand the cave. And yes. I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's time to call an architect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, we hope that's true. Well, I hope that's true and and we've been hearing that from not just necessarily from clients, but we've been hearing it from other architects and if you've been aware of what's going on in Dallas or probably most metropolitan cities, that there are a lot of architects out of work. Yes. And a lot of those architects have now decided to set themselves up as just single-member firm. Right. You know, no time like the present, you don't have a job, jump out there and get it and let's see what happens. And in fact, the last pre-submittal meeting I went to for this latest rounds of, of RFQs, there were a ton of people. And a lot of those guys were... Single member firms. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of new people who had That's never kind of a new development, right? Had never done work before, you know, for on like, their own, on their own, right? And decided I don't have anything to do right now. This is what I'm going to do, and you know, they're jumping off into it. Yeah, I can't wait till we have the opportunity to to hire somebody new because the the pool of qualified people out there is unbelievable. I mean, right. it's really unfortunate because there's so many amazing architects available. To do work. To do work if the work is, is available to do. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I like to think, you know, you said, oh, you're out of work 
maybe setting up your own business, but I want to extend the comment to folks who may have just been laid off or who have been looking for a job for a while that don't ever get out of the mindset that you don't work full-time. Because whether you're working full-time in an office or you're working full-time for yourself, either looking for a job or setting up your own kind of corner of the world as mm. an architect, you have to know that you have to work, whatever you're doing, work at it full-time. Otherwise, you won't be successful. Yeah, that couch looks really great during right. the day. And you think, <laughs> well, you know, I'll just watch Oprah today. And right. suddenly it's tomorrow. Yeah. And I can tell you from, what, 12 weeks of maternity leave that mm -hmm. I took all Gosh, it was 12 weeks, wasn't Holy it? Cow. Yeah, it was a long time. Wow. Yeah, you can only watch so much of Ellen and Oprah, and <laughs> yeah, your mind starts to go to mush. Yeah. I mean, that could have been the sleep deprivation, too, but... Well, um, yeah, that probably had something right. to do with it. But I have been in the situation where I've been looking for a job, and if you don't get in the mindset that this is your purpose in life until you achieve your goal, you got to stay focused, and you got to do what you got to do to put yourself above the other folks who may get lured <laughs> to the couch. Right. Yeah, because... Well, and, and I, think, I think a great example is your husband, when he got laid off, mm -hmm. I think there was a day when he didn't do anything, and then the next day his resume was out, and he was on the phone, he was talking to people, yeah. and in two weeks he had another job. Yeah, it was... We were devastated, mm -hmm. and we gave ourselves 24 hours to be sad and feel sad for ourselves. And I said, okay, you have one day to do whatever you need to do to be sad. And then the next day, you are back on the job looking for a job. And I have to give him so much credit because I'm so proud of him. He literally hit the ground running. The first Monday he was, I mean, I think he got laid off on Friday. So that very next Monday he was assembling his resume, emailing everybody he could think of. And fortunately, he's been in the business long enough. He's an architect also that he had a network already in, in place. place that he was not shy to call on and that is really key especially if you've been in a fortunate enough to be in a community for a while you know you everyone, know people everyone you know knows your work people. you know it's mm -hmm. it's oddly enough for as many people you know architects they say there's something like a thousand architects in dallas who are out of work and that sounds like a lot of people but oddly enough it's a very small community it and is. you'd be amazed at how many people know someone that you know who knows someone that you know right i mean it's just this constant you know, it's almost that six degrees of separation, except it's not yeah. that many steps. Right, yeah. In every community, I mean, every city, yeah. the architecture world is very small. And I don't know if that comes from sort of the culture that comes out of architecture school, that we all kind of oh. live together. Yeah. Well, I think we, <laughs> Pulling our all-nighters uh, together. All the architects know are only architects. And, you know, like, well, yeah, that almost like be. that all the doctors only know doctors, but... Well, I think right. we're, you know, we're kind of sort of getting off to sidetrack here, but what right. we really wanted to talk about today was just the fact that if, you know, for those people who are out there who are setting up your own little corner of the world, your, mm -hmm. your own little office, and you decide, well, the best thing for me is to work from home, then we thought we'd give you some tips about if this is what you're going to do, then here's what you need to focus on when you start doing it. Right. And make use of the resources around you. I think exactly. that's really what we're trying to get to, that... You know, you've got a whole lot more going for you than against you, so make use of that, and um, and you'll do well. Right. First thing we actually wanted to talk about was, Laura? Well, if you are considering opening your own shop or even just focusing on being an architect, even if you're an architectural intern, that you need to create a designated workspace. If you are in the situation where you're going to be working from home, it is so important to physically set apart your workday. And whether that means you walk from the bedroom to your office or your den or 
the corner of the dining room, whatever space you have available, that needs to be your designated workspace and not for anything else. Exactly. An example for me is my office at home, and I you know, loosely use the word office. It's a spare bedroom. Yeah, But there's too. one, two, three. Com- no, there's two computers in it. My partner brings his computer home from work. I bring my computer home from work. So if we're working, if he has work to do, I have work to do. We're both in the same space. Yeah, which is nice. It's nice, but it's also very easy to get distracted and not focus because uh, right. it's not just my space. And if you're working from home and you're, you know, this is your career and you're doing it from home, you really need to have that corner of the house that's just yours. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to have people traipsing through all the time. Or right. in my case, you're not going to have the dogs running in and out all the time. <laughs> you probably also want to make sure that the door that you're using for that room is lockable. So that you can, you know, if you need to shut someone out and, you know, keep them out. And, and we had this discussion earlier that it's kind of hard when you have small children. Yeah. I know a lot of moms who are working from home, and it's all about catching that hour of work during nap time. Or mm-hmm. if you can get to a Mother's Day Out program and let the kids go play with their friends for a few hours, and you can focus solely on the job you have to do, not doing the laundry, not cleaning <laughs> out the sink from last night's dinner dishes, right. which is so tempting. I yeah. can totally attest to that. Um, but, yeah, you just really have to be really disciplined. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. You make, um, you make that that space is yours. It's not the shared laundry room. It's not the utility room. It's not the you know, shared storage space. That's really your space. Right. And when you get in there, stock it with the things you need to stock it with mm-hmm. to make your, your office work. One of the easiest and simplest things is get a separate phone line. If, you know, you're using your cell phone as your main business line, either, you know, if you need a fax, get a fax to computer number, mm-hmm. or if you have a freestanding fax, make sure that's a separate line because nothing's weirder than calling in and having someone pick up the phone right. when you're expecting to hear a business answer or a fax answer. Exactly. You know. Yeah, because that's that's one of the fastest tip-offs to somebody who's not quite fully committed to being a professional, whether they're working from home or not. If you have to call somebody's phone number first and say, hey, I'm sending you a fax, can you switch it over, whatever you have to do. You know, people have very little time and patience mm-hmm. for that kind of thing. Well, they want to get it done and get on with their lives. Especially now with the, you know, everything's so technologically driven and exactly. everyone's got, you know, smartphones and their iPhones. They're surprised when they have to call and hang up and, you know, or it gets kind of... Right. If there's more strange. than one or two steps to anything, then, yeah, we get really, well, that's just too much really time. frustrated. Exactly. Well, and for example, my, my parents are both retired, but my dad just bought a all-in-one printer, fax, scanner, you know, Mm -hmm. does all that stuff and, you know, makes coffee. And he (laughs) is just loves it. I mean, anything new technology he gets so excited about. But it's really made a huge difference for them because he's doing a lot of business type stuff with his brothers who are down here in Texas and he's in Utah. So to be able to scan stuff to PDF, it sounds simple, but it's made a huge difference in his ability to communicate with his family. Yeah, yeah. communicate yeah. effectively with who you need to talk to. Right. Right. And so in something like that, even you don't even have to get a big commercial professional version. There are lots also, of all-in-ones that are pretty small. Are pretty affordable. Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and yeah it's, it's not going to cost you, you know, probably four or five years ago it would have cost you quite a bit, but now oh, they've right. come down significantly. Yeah, and the quality's good right. too. So, you know, along those lines, you got your computer, you have your, you know, your printer, scanner, fax, whatever, but make sure all those things are in your space. Right. And one of the other things that's real simple to do, and, and I think a lot of people don't think about it when they're establishing themselves, is go out and rent a P.O. box. 
because you need to have a physical location other than your house mm-hmm. that you can send stuff to, especially packages, because for our profession, we order, order or we used to, it's, a lot of it's online now, we order a lot, a lot of catalogs. Mm-hmm. The UPS guy showing up your door with, you know, 15 boxes and you're not home, that's going to start creating some issues. Right. Well, and, and you know, the other factor, too, is that you don't want all of this mail that you're going to start getting. And, and if you've registered with the state, you know, if, if you have to, as you're establishing your business, you've registered with a state en- entity, you're going to start getting a lot of mail. Yeah. And, you know, you're flipping through and, well... Somehow a bill gets lost that's not because it went to oh, a home yeah, bill has serious. gone into your work pile and suddenly things don't work out. Yeah, and in case your your spouse or your child happens to pick up the mail that day and brings it in and puts it, you know, not where you're used to putting it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it happens all the time at our house. So you want to know that you're picking up your business mail when you pick it up, right. that it's not getting mixed in. And the other thing is we have a friend who has a contracting business who runs it out of her house. And she initially had put her home address on her business cards as as her work address. And all of a sudden she started thinking about it like I'm, you know, she said, I'm doing all these networking events. I don't know who ultimately is getting my right. address. Who has your, your location. Yeah, you don't necessarily want everybody in the world knowing yeah. your home address. Well, so it, there's sort of a safety component to that as well. And the tricky part with the, with the P.O. box as well is that. It's kind of a fun thing that, you know, if salesmen are going to be calling, blah. <laughs> they're going to be showing up at, you know, when we got our P.O. box, we went to the UPS store mm-hmm. because they give you, they don't. It's actually a street address. It's a street address. It doesn't right. say P.O. box. It right. has a street address and it has your box number in it. So if there's salesmen wanting to, you know, call on your business, you know, cold calling, well, they're going to show up at the UPS store and not know what's going on, which is fantastic because mm-hmm. it kind of keeps you. Insulated. Well, and I had a real interesting meeting with an interior designer who has her office. It's almost into far west Dallas, like almost into the next city over. Mm-hmm. But she was able to find a office location. She actually does have an office, but she specifically found that office because she wanted a Dallas address. So, you know, she said it sounds funny, but it makes a difference if my address says Dallas versus whether it says Hearst or Bedford or Irving or whatever mm-hmm. the mid-cities may be. So that may be another option, too. If you really feel like it's an advantage to have a certain city name mm. or even a street name on your right. um, address, there are options to get that address, whether or not you actually live there or not. Exactly. Um, well, and, and the, the whole P.O. box thing, too, if you go to a post office and you have a an address that says P.O. Box, mm-hmm. FedEx won't deliver to a P.O. Box. Oh, that's UPS true. UPS won't mm-hmm. deliver to a P.O. Box. Having that physical location to go to means that you're actually going to get the stuff you need because people aren't going to balk at sending it to you. Right, that's true. Yeah, it won't throw up. You just don't want any roadblocks more than absolutely necessary when you're setting up a new office. Right. Um, one of the other things about setting up a designated workspace is having defined work hours. And that may mean different things to a lot of different people, you know, whether it's eight to five and you have the advantage of having those hours available to set aside, or if you have to be a little bit more creative, like I said, I've got friends who do the Mother's Day out and they are able to sort of carve out mm-hmm. small it's kind of snippets of time. Here, a few right. hours here and a few hours there and right. it all works together. Or we have another architect friend who does work out of her home and she has several kids and but her whole structure of her business is that she works at night. Her, she's lucky enough that her husband is part of her business and he works 
during the daytime hours fielding questions and bringing in information and stuff. And then she works at night and processes those, you know, works on the drawings, answers the questions. And for her, it works well because people she deals with understand that those are her hours and Mm -hmm. it's not really been a problem for her. So if you have to get creative, get Get creative, creative. whatever you have to do. Um, I know for me, it's I'm, I'm in mom duty from 4.30 to 8 o'clock at night. And after 8, when Matthew goes to bed, I can... I can get back on the laptop, but that's when I'm off duty from the office and, but I can pick it back up later on if I have to. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you can just kind of do what you have to do. Yeah. (laughs) But but whatever you're doing, make sure that you're getting up and you're doing it. Right. Exactly. And one of the things that has, um, I've heard multiple times, but there's sort of a mental aspect to going to work. You know, a lot of times people say they don't really mind their commute because it allows them to have that separation from home to work. They kind of get some downtime, then kind of think, get their head around their day, kind of plan a little bit. And if you're working from home, that's about a 30-second commute. (laughs) If you're going (laughs) from the kitchen to the office or whatever, that's a little bit more of a mental challenge to go, oh, gosh, I really should have put it in that load of laundry. And you really have to, if not physically, you have to mentally separate yourself and prepare yourself to go to work. One of the simplest things is... Get up, shower, get dressed, not in your sweatpants, but put on real clothes. what you would wear to, work. to an office. Yeah, because whether you think of it or not, it actually does put you in a mental place where if you're dressed professionally, you will speak professionally on the phone. You will be in more of a professional mindset to do emails mm-hmm. or whatever you have to do. It's it's definitely, it's subtle, but it works. Yeah, no, um, no bunny slippers. No bunny slippers. Get up and put your shoes on. Yeah. And... and Tie, tie your laces and make sure, you know, it's that final, okay, right. I'm, I'm dressed and I'm ready to go, and then walk the 10 feet to your office. Yeah, it's kind of like um, how athletes prepare before an event. If, if you watch the Olympics in the last few weeks, Apollo Ono did his laps, you know, warm-up laps and the yawning. You know, that was kind of a funny thing that the yawn, did you get to see uh, him no, do I, that? No, I, I didn't get to see that. <gasps> oh, it was really interesting. Everybody was like, is he tired? Did he not sleep well <laughs> enough? But if you watched enough of his races. Has he been taking he, too much NyQuil? Yeah, really. <laughs> his sponsor is shoving too much NyQuil down his throat. Uh, no, it was part of his routine. It was, the yawning actually gets more oxygen into his body and it allowed uh, him to relax and focus before he came up to the start line and started oh, his race. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was really interesting. So there's a lot of those kind of routines that, I mean, even, I mean, any of the athletes, you can see, I mean, th- one of the funniest ones is the bobsledders. Yeah. Did you see all their little quirky things? No. The slapping the helmets and the hoo-hoo-hoo and the, you know, I mean, not that you have to, you know. <laughs> not, not that you have to wear a helmet if you're at yes. home working, but right. well, I, maybe you do. I don't know. Yes, but metaphorically. Metaphorically. Let's, let's, uh, let's slap you know, your helmet and let's get there going. There you go. Yes. Pump your chest and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But the whole concept of putting on your shoes, lacing them up, tying it, it's kind of like, you know, the runner starting its run. There is sort of a sequence of events that has mm-hmm. to happen and it gets your mind in the right place. Yeah. Um, so make those routine and make those, you know, you do it every day, whether you're kind of feeling sleepy or not, you just get up and do it. Right. It'll just set you up for much, much more success. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, because people, you're ready and you're ready to go. And, and once you get going, make sure that you're focused on what you're doing. Don't let yourself get distracted by the little, little things that, because it's real easy to do at home. And even when oh, I, when yeah. I take work home, if I'm really not energized about what I'm doing, I can find any excuse under the sun, and, and 
you know, my partner's yes. the same way. I can't tell you the number of times he's baked cookies because <laughs> he thought, you know, I've got this work to do and oh, I really don't want to do it. I'll bake some cookies, yeah. which, you know, it's great for me, but, you know, he, he doesn't yes. get his work done because he, he's, you know, that's like the last straw. It's the last thing that he thinks, okay, I can do this and then I'll do my work. Right. And usually that's what happens, but it's just so funny. I'm like... Smelling cookies, and I'm thinking... Oh, he must have something really important that yeah. has to get done. <laughs> he must really not want to do his work if he's in there right. making cookies. Yeah, my house is the cleanest right before I absolutely have a deadline or ha- something has to get done that I'm not looking forward to. Right, right. Well, and it's yeah. great having the kitchen there, you know, if you're, like, working from home. Yeah. But you've got to remember the refrigerator is not your friend. Yeah. That just it's because not your assistant. It's ye- not your coworker. Exactly. You know, you can... I guess it's that whole kid thing when you were a kid and mm-hmm. you would go stand in front the refrigerator for 10 minutes with both doors open going mom there's nothing to eat <laughs> and so i guess that whole kind of mentality you're standing there looking for something to, to eat yeah you're not hungry but you're not focused on what it is you're doing right and you know along the same lines don't think about doing housework don't think about well and know. it's hard because, i mean it's easy to talk about but it's really hard yeah. to do and i one little tip that i've found that's a little bit helpful is that as you're doing your work and that little voice pops in your head, oh, don't forget, you need to write this on the grocery list or don't forget to take the trash out, whatever, just have a, a list, a paper pad by your desk and just write down each of those little thoughts that comes oh. in your head. Because even if it's, I mean, for me, it's like, oh, wait, I have somebody's birthday's coming up. i got to order that book on Amazon. And I, you know, it is it takes half a second to click off of what I'm doing on the computer and switch to the other website. And that is a trap for me. So if I can just be conscious of that and know that that's one of my weak points, Mm -hmm. if I can just write it down and know that I will allow myself time later to do those things, that it's not going to not get done because I don't do it right this very second. But if I go ahead and just write it down and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. I've satisfied that need to get it done now by by acknowledging it over here and then i I have validated the task that's right i'm not ignoring that little voice but yes we will get to you later little voice that's that's helpful if you can kind of stay on top of it and not get sidetracked yeah well and it's funny you say that because one of the guys i used to work with a few years ago you would go by his desk and there were hundreds of little post-it notes just on the top of his desk and all very well organized, and everything's in its place. And they're, I mean, it's almost like a grid of Like post-it an Excel notes. spreadsheet on yeah. his desktop. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, and everybody, everything had a note on it. Yeah. And it was the things that he needed to get done that yeah. he, I guess, as he was going along and thought of stuff, he wrote it down and stick it on a little sticky note. And as things got done, they would disappear mm-hmm. to only be replaced by more sticky notes. Well, sure. <laughs> but, but it was his system. It was his system. It right. was the way he did it. Yeah. So it's, you know, easy to keep, you know, keep that focus. And, you're working from home and you've got to keep that focus because you need to make sure the work's getting done and you're paying attention to your clients. Right. Yeah. And there's deadlines, there's materials that have to be ordered by a certain time. I mean, there's all kinds of, just like you would, if you were in a physical office building somewhere, right. you know, things that have to get done. So yeah, it's just a matter of being organized and, and really knowing yourself because there are some people have no interest in having a BlackBerry or having a PDA that keeps everything electronically organized in front of you, which I love mine, but obviously that's not your system. I Yeah, to say I have a system is like so <laughs> far. I, my, my niece came into the office and she's like, well, your desk looks so organized because I have these stacks of papers. Yes. I'm like, yeah, it's an illusion. <laughs> 
Yeah, you just have to know how your mind works and the best way to organize yourself. Yeah. Um, just because somebody you used to work with had a daytimer or day runner type, you know, physical paper mm -hmm. planner, that may not work for you. And if you try to force it or work against what naturally works for you, you'll just be frustrated. It's never gonna, yeah. gonna work out. Right. As you're going through all this process too, you've gotta, you know, you're focusing on what you're doing, you're paying attention to what your client needs are. One of the oddest things is when you actually have to meet with a client because you've maybe come from an office where that's had, you know, two or three conference rooms and mm -hmm. it's always easy to schedule a time and, and make sure everything works out. Mm -hmm. But you've gotta be, now that you're on your own and you're working from home, be prepared to have a place where you can take them. Right, that may be outside of your house. Right. Yeah. Right, you know, and, and don't be afraid to let them know that, you know, this is how I work, and I know that, you know, typically we would have you into the office, but can we meet at X location? Right. And make sure it's a place where you can actually sit down and talk with them and have a normal conversation, and you're not in something that's bustling and crazy and... Yeah, definitely go visit the, the place beforehand and sit down at the time when you think you would be meeting them because I've been, you know, I do a lot of networking and one-on-ones and, you know, we go to Starbucks a lot or little coffee houses here and there. Mm -hmm. But at certain times of the day, for it's one, you just, cannot get a table. Right. You're right. You might be, you know, maybe one chair here or there. It's just not going to work. And you don't want to be standing waiting for a table mm -hmm. with your client when you're trying to get on with business. And those tables are so tiny. If I had to bring any kind of drawings with me, it wouldn't work. Right. Or the only thing available is a lounge chair. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't really work either. <laughs> yeah, it works if you're sitting there surfing the web by yourself. So, but that's yeah. about it. Right. And yeah. and the other thing is that it's so loud. Yeah. And, you know, the whole point of meeting in person is, is communication. And if that's not going to happen, you know, kind of it's like what's the point? I mean, in our industry, it's we're fortunate because a lot of the work we do is obviously physical location-based, so we can go to the, the client's house, we can go to their office where we're actually going to be doing the design. Mm -hmm. But occasionally, that, like we said, with our out-of-town client, if they were to come here or vice versa, you know, whatever the case may be, you just have to have a plan in place to meet your clients. Right. Um, one of the things we were talking about is um, public libraries often have meeting spaces or, or study rooms yeah private study rooms where you can close the door and it's quiet and oftentimes they'll have a big table where you can mm -hmm. spread some things out or you have a friend who you know maybe maybe the firm you used to work for mm -hmm. who you know, you're still on good terms with they hated to let you go maybe you know calling them up and saying look i'm doing this on my own since obviously there's not work for me through your office would it be possible to come and bring a client to your conference room yeah and don't you know don't be afraid to make those make those suggestions or, you know, make those requests because, mm -hmm. for one thing, your f old firm's going to realize that, well, obviously you didn't let this get to you. You're mm -hmm. motivated enough to go get your own business. You know, maybe that's the person they need to bring back when the time comes. That's true. Well, and it does show them even, you know, like we said, the architecture community is so small, and so a lot of us are talking to other people we know and other mm -hmm. firms, and if another firm actually has an opening come available and they're happen to be talking to you about it and you go well you know who really has just not even let grass grow under their feet you need to snatch them up and um, and if that happens to be you because you're in their conference room working with the client that's a great way to stay in front of it's a wonderful way to stay yeah, in front of people absolutely if you don't have clients yet and you're just really getting your feet wet you know don't you know one of our big things has always been get out there and start doing networking right it's that whole concept of don't get caught on the couch because 
you don't find work by sitting at home alone. Yeah. So you got to get out and be seen, be known, keep your network growing. Start making all of those connections. And, you know, keep in mind that you've worked at the firm for however many years. And who are all those people that you worked with? Mm-hmm. And start making those connections. And, of course, one of the things that we've been doing, you know, as we've been trying to build our business and, and do work, is that we've started our own little networking group. Mm-hmm. Not so little. Well, not so little. <laughs> it we're, is growing like crazy. Yeah, we're very, um, very, but, very pleased. Right. In fact, we're about to have our, our second event coming up this this next week, actually. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, it's Tuesday already. Oh, it's oh. already here. It's already here. Yeah, but we've just had such remarkable response, and it's, it's people who are in business right now and also people who are looking to network with other folks to find opportunities. It's just been really great to see people getting to know each other in maybe related industries. We've got um, some landscape designers, interior designers, architects. We've got several product manufacturer reps, you know, things like that. And it's great to know people who kind of travel in your circle because you just never know who somebody else knows. You never know who the connection is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you can say top of mind with those folks, that's like... Not just you looking for a job, but it's, it's all those everybody looking for a job for or a new client. Exactly. Yeah, because we even like to network with other architects because we're not experts at everything. And if we come by a client who says, hey, I really need help with this kind of building type, and it's not really our specialty, but we know someone who could do an outstanding job of helping them with that type of building, that's a perfect referral, and we're happy to send that client on to the other person. Right. Because so, we know someday it'll come back to us as well. So to go back and, and recap the points that we wanted to communicate were if you are considering working from home or actually looking for a new job opportunity, the things you need to make sure that you plan for are that, for one thing, create a physical separation. So create a, create a designated workspace in your house or apartment. You also need to create that separation mentally. mentally. Psych- mm-hmm. Psychologically, you need to get up and get going. Tie those shoes. Mm-hmm. Get dressed for work, whether you leave your house or not. Get dressed so that you are mentally ready to start talking like a professional. And then the third thing is be ready to meet your clients, whether it's meeting existing clients or meeting new clients. You need to get out and be in places that are uh, conducive to doing business and also conducive to meeting new people. And on that note, we'll mention again that we have the Architecture Happy Hour coming up. We organize that through the site called Meetup. So we're at meetup.com forward slash the Architecture Happy Hour. And if you're in the Dallas area and you might be interested in joining us, we'd love to have you. We hope you heard some helpful tips and we're happy to share. If you have any questions, uh, please feel free to contact us. Our website is www.hpdarch.com. And uh, you can also find us on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook. So for now, I'm Larry. And I'm Laura. And this is the Architecture Happy Hour podcast. And we'll talk with you next time. Okay, catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye.